0: الحمد لله وكفى الصلاة والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من
1: الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وعباد الرحمن الذين يمشون على الأرض هونا
0: وإذا خاطبهم الجاهلون قالوا سلاما وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من تواضع رفعه الله أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected brothers and elders, mothers and sisters. We discussed the quality of humility and this being the fundamental aspect and a very great highlight in the lives of the Ibadur Rahman the servants of Rahman the true slaves of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala this is indeed a very very great attribute in a person and this is what makes a person truly great when he is truly humble to the extent that a person is humble Allah will elevate him provided that he is humble for Allah alone not for any other purpose, not for any other motive. So, this humility that we discussed yesterday and the in- incidents, some of the incidents in the life of Rasulullah and the Sahaba Kiram, these are lessons for us, lessons to take very deeply to heart, not just for the sake of some historical fact that we have learned but for it to inspire us to also emulate it to also live in a similar manner to also live with that concern that we should be always the humble servants of allah taala allah taala, allah, ta'ala. and those who truly have this humility the slightest thing that goes out of the or the minutest change in a situation, that too will immediately ring a bell. If like a little small speck of dust falls on something, who will even realize it that one speck of dust came? We won't realize if a whole rock falls on us too. But those who are truly humble, the slightest small speck of something, which was not even in reality a problem, that too becomes a concern for them. Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiyallahu it is the time of his Khilafat his Amirul mumineen Hazrat ibn bin Zubair radiyallahu ta'ala عن, who he narrated and he says that I saw Umar ibn Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala عن, Amir al-Mu'mineen of the time I saw him walking in the streets with a leather bag of water water bag now this was a very menial task that people in that time would do, that give people water, some would sell the water, some would just give them, so in public people want water, they're not able to just get water easily. So he's walking around with his water bag and feeding people water. Or, Urwa bin Zubayr radiallahu who he says that, I expressed my surprise at this, that you are the Amir al-Mu'mineen, you shouldn't be doing something like this, So he responded and said that there were a lot of delegations that came to me today from different places, all the leaders of those communities and the seniors of those communities, all of them came. One after the other, these delegations came. So I felt something in my heart. In other words, like as if I felt like I am something. Now this was probably just a waswasa that came through his heart that a whisper that came through, which he would have immediately dispelled. But now he's saying that that waswasa that came, or that feeling that came in my heart, that you are somebody, all these people are coming from far and wide, and these big, big delegations, and all these noble people, and all the leaders of their communities, they're coming to see you. So you are somebody. So now this must have been just a very fleeting thought. So now he says that when I felt this in my heart, I am now breaking this. Look, you are worth nothing. You are worthy of this kind of task. Like nowadays, somebody goes and starts sweeping the streets. I am a street sweeper. So now the street sweeper is not given any kind of attention. Nobody gives a second look to him. A person who can have some other job, he will not necessarily opt for this. So there is nothing wrong with it. The halal living, somebody is earning in that way, He's earning a halal living not something to look down upon. What is to look down upon is the sins, sins of corruption, of cheating, of deceiving, of lying. So to look down upon those sins, that's what to be looked down upon. Not a halal living, though it might be a very, very humble way of earning a living, but it's a halal living somebody is earning. So that is a halal living, mashallah. That's a billion times better than earning maybe big figures, but in a deceptive manner, doing things against the commands of Allah, ta'ala, deceiving, doing things which are against the way of Rasulullah, wa then it's far better that the person is earning that little bit halal and pure earnings, rather than earning big, big figures, but in a deceptive manner, or doing things which are haram. So any case, Umar he says that I decided to break this feeling within me. You are nobody, you are nothing. Now this lesson is what we have to take to heart, that how many times to start off would do we detect something. So if we cannot detect it ourselves, we have to then present ourselves to those who have that experience in the light of our actions, in the light of our reactions how we conduct ourselves, we have like to explain that, and in the light of these things, they will detect for us, what's the reality, what's going on? And they will then guide us, how to overcome this. Hazrat Umar number one, detected the problem. Though, as mentioned, that in his case, that problem was probably no problem. It was just a passing thought. In our case, it's a very real situation. But yet he did not let that passing thought, that little, small, minute change in the condition, he didn't let that pass. He immediately set out to treat it so that this doesn't even take root. It doesn't even have any opportunity to get any further than where it is. He started correcting it and rectifying it, taking steps to overcome it. So this was the manner in which the pious predecessors, the sahaba kiram and the pious people throughout the, every era, how much of concern they had that my heart must be clean from any kind of pride. I must be the humble servant of Allah. Ta'ala. I must remind myself of this reality. I must be conscious of this reality that I am nobody, I am nothing. And I must remind myself that I am nobody. Keep reminding myself. Even if initially it seems like it's just a word on the tongue, I'm just saying something for the sake of saying it. My heart is not agreeing with what my tongue is saying, but to say it. Say it once, twice, three times, 50 times, over time, every day, four, five times, and over a good amount of time, every day this is being repeated a dozen times, that initially though the tongue is just saying it, but the heart is not agreeing with it, the heart is actually opposing what the tongue is saying, but in time the heart too will start accepting this reality. The heart too will start understanding, that yes, this, is, this is the situation. And it will acknowledge, it will agree also that, yes, this is the reality. I am nobody, I have nothing. So therefore we have to make an effort on this. It's not just something that will happen on its own, that a person will get rid of these maladies, of this pride, of this arrogance, Of this boastfulness of wanting to have an image in the eyes of others all these things won't just disappear and just escape without any effort it will be an effort that is required an effort will have to be made an effort will have to be made to cleanse the heart out of all these things so coming to the ayat of the Quran Sharif that we're discussing Allah describes this these Ibadur Rahman وَعِبَادُ الَّذِينَ يَمْشُونَ عَلَى The first quality that Allah Teala mentions about these عِبَادُ Rahman, which as we discussed yesterday, this itself highlights how important it is that this is like the foundation. Obviously, they have the necessary aspects of deen in their lives, in terms of the faraiz, wajibat, they are refraining from sun, sun, but then together with that, this to you is a farz that the heart stays clean of pride. And it's a farz that a person adopts ta'wazu. So therefore, this is the foundation now on which the rest of the qualities will then be built. Allah Ta'ala says that the, the first thing in them is Yamshuna al They walk humbly on the earth. And then together with that Allah Ta'ala says and when the ignorant address them, then they say, Salaam. Now, this is one explanation of it also, that they say, Salaam, and like a person says, Salaam and carries on. He doesn't get engaged in this situation. Now, both these things are mentioned in the same ayat. And then it's the same ayat that's continuing still. And when the ignorant address them, meaning somebody now starts becoming uh, ignorant with them, starts becoming aggressive, or starts getting into an argument, starts becoming uh, quarreling, etc. So now they don't become ignorant with the ignorance. If somebody is behaving in an ignorant manner, so they don't sometimes... What we do, if somebody is becoming ignorant with us, we become even more ignorant in return. So Allah Allah is saying, salama. They don't do that. They don't respond in a like manner. They respond in a beautiful
1: manner.
0: قَالu salama. قَالu salama, one meaning of this is that they say salam and carry on. But the other meaning is, which is the more clear meaning here, that they avoid Salama, this is an expression to say, that they stay out of that quarrel, dispute, they don't get into these things. They just bypass it. As far as possible, they bypass it. Otherwise, if it's something that has to be dealt with, then it will be dealt with in a dignified manner, in a correct way. But if it is such such an Quarrel such, a, quarrel, such a dispute, something of such a nature, which there's nothing to really claim, nothing to really gain out of it, apart from saying that, well, I was right. Then they bypass this in a very dignified manner. They just let it go. salama. Now who is going to be able to do this? Who is going to be able to let it go? Who is going to say قَالُوا salama? Who is going to say salam? Or who is going to bypass this? So the both aspects in this ayat are very, very closely linked. <inaudible> those who are humble and those who don't get into this ignorance of quarrels and disputes. Now, who is going to be able to avoid that quarrel and dispute without that tawazu and humility is going to be an impossibility. If the person doesn't have that tawazu and humility in his life, he is not humble in front of Allah, ta'ala, then he will not be able to avoid that argument. He will get directly into it. Somebody starts arguing with him. Somebody gets into a dispute, into a quarrel with him. He will not be able to stay away from it. He will not be able to bypass it. He will go headlong into it. And he will say that, I don't fear anybody. I am not afraid of anyone. So this kind of person, obviously, but the person is devoid of that tawazu, then he will take on a fight. Even though it is something futile, it's something that doesn't even have any, any good in it, even if the person wins that argument, what he got besides saying, I want it, I'm somebody, nothing. So this kind of situation that comes up from time to time and these arguments, and these quarrels, etc, it is not possible to refrain from it without this tawazu. Therefore, these both, these aspects are very, very closely linked. Who will be able to refrain from it? The person who, because of this tawazu in them, they are not concerned about having this image, that my image, how will my image be in the eyes of people? Because when they have this tawazu in them, they are very humble within themselves. What are they concerned about image? (laughs) That now, how will I appear in the eyes of others? They are only concerned how I will appear in the court of Allah Ta'ala. What others are going to think about me? and How others will look at me? Now, Because they have this tawazu in them, these things are non-issues to them. What others will think? and What others might be thinking? They are concerned, what is Allah Ta'ala going to say? How will I say in the court of Allah Ta'ala? What will be my case on the day of Qiyamah? So if Allah Ta'ala is happy, then why should I be bothered? Why should I get into the, be concerned about my image? What is this image all about? So their concern is, what is going to be the case on the day of Qiyamah? So now when they are being humble, when they are avoiding that argument, when they are refraining from that quarrel, And they are doing it with that yaqeen, that this is pleasing Allah Ta'ala. This is earning Allah Ta'ala's pleasure. So They are very, very comfortable within themselves. So to start off with, they won't get into a quarrel. They won't create a quarrel. They won't do something that will inconvenience somebody, cause some taklif to others, cause some pain, do things which which is becoming a problem for others. They won't do that. Because to start off with, to give taklif to a mu'min, that's wrong, that's haram. So if one is to give taklif in a very direct manner, sometimes in an indirect way, sometimes in a borderline situation, they will refrain from all these things. So I don't give taklif to anybody. Because giving taklif to anyone, this is a major problem, major sin. So izha muslim giving taklif to the Muslim, they don't want to be part of this. So that's one part of it. that They themselves will be very cautious, very careful to ensure that they are not the cause of any problem and dispute and quarrel. They will have everything very clear, above board, in monetary issues, very clear. They will go out of their way to make sure everything is very transparent, very clean, not conducting themselves in a way that leaves any doubts in the minds of others that now maybe the person is thinking I was probably done down in some way, I was Cheated in some way. They're very clear, very transparent. They don't go about their dealings in a way, in a way that leaves any room for suspicion. So that's how they conduct themselves because they're all the time conscious that I have to answer to Allah. Wa ta'ala. The person who is truly humble will become humble to, in front of the commands of Allah. Ta'ala. He'll become humble for Allah. Ta'ala. So to start off with, they themselves won't create a problem. And if somebody else creates the problem, then one is if a person's right is being trampled, then he'll, he's entitled to defend his right, to keep what is belonging to him. He's entitled to that. Nobody can deny that right to him. So, whatever has to be then done, will be done in a very dignified way. He won't become ignorant with the ignorant person. He'll do it in a dignified manner. And if he has the ability to overlook it, he'll overlook it, which is a very great thing. bi bi. Allah Ta'ala says, if you want to take revenge, then it will be permissible to do it in equal measure. Somebody took your 10 rand, you can take his 10 rand. Somebody gave you some takleef in some degree, then you, in, a, in exactly the like manner or less, that's fine. But one slight bit more, then you'll become the zalim. First he was the Zalim, now he will turn down the other way. But Allah Ta'ala says if you want to take revenge, then in equal measure it's okay. But wala in sabartum sabirin. Allah Ta'ala says, but if you adopt sabr, then that is far better. That law khair, that's the best thing. The best thing is if you can adopt that sabr. So both aspects are being put forward because Deen Deen is a complete, perfect way of life. So on the one side is the Hudud al-shari'at, the limits of Sharia. But look, the limit is that if you are to take the revenge then within the limit, in exact measure, not more than that, not one fraction more. But the Mizaj Sharia, the temperament of Sharia, wala in sabartum, fahu wa chairul That if you adopt sabr, then this is the best thing that you can do. So a true mu'min, the Ibadul Rahman the true servants of Rahman, to start off with, they won't give taklif to anybody. They won't be the cause of taklif to anyone. And if there's some doubt in the matter, they'll rather be on the safe side, not do something that has some doubts in it. They'll be very clear, very transparent, not having, going about their dealings in such a way that others are now having some suspicion, this person did something in a wrong way. Then after the transparency, after having been clear, after having done everything in the right manner, then if somebody is still making an issue about something, then obviously he did what he's in his best capacity to be very clear, very transparent, very fair, very honest. Now somebody unnecessarily starts creating a problem, obviously he's excused from it because he did his best, he did the right thing. But then when somebody starts creating a problem, what is the reaction of the Ibadur Rahman? They bypass that. They bypass it and they don't like to get into these issues and quarrels and disputes. and disputes. But who will be able to do that? Not without that tawazoo. It won't happen. Hazrat Hadir Ladullah, Muhajir Makki, very, very great personality and it is from him that all this spiritual lines have then proceeded which have filled the whole world with his benefit in the line of Tasawuf especially. So a very, very great personality. And he summed up everything. He says that the foundation of unity, if unity wants to be, if you want to maintain unity, if you want to have peace, We don't get caught up in arguments and quarrels and disputes and the like. On whichever level it is, in one house, within one family, in a community, wherever, in a business, he says that the foundation of it is two things. One is Tawazu, and the other is what is known as Ithar. Tawazu, humility. If there is humility, then it's possible. But if humility is missing, impossible. It's not going to happen. Now we are all insan. We are also insan. Others are also insan. But if but if, but if there is tawazu, then when mistakes do happen, then because of the tawazu, it will be easy to just digest things. The tawazu will give rise to and will enable the person to adopt sabar. And if the tawazu is missing, sabar becomes an impossibility. From here again we can understand how fundamental tawazu is. This is the foundation. So he mentioned that if you want to maintain this unity, one is tawazu. tawazu, And the other is That The person is prepared to forego his right for the benefit of the next person. One is to demand, this is mine and this is my right and I have to have it like this and I will not budge and I will have nothing to do with any compromise and all these kind of things. And the other is to say, well, doesn't matter, just little let it go. Oh, this person now, fine, just to avoid this dispute, let's just sort it out. Let's just give it. Obviously, he's not obligated to give something that is his right. He's not obligated. Obligated. But this is a very high level. That a person is prepared to let something go just in order to have that peace. And those who had the reality of this in their heart, they practiced on it also. The well-known incident of Mufti Muhammad Shafi Saab which has been discussed on many occasions. His son, Mufti Muhammad Taqi Usmani Saab, he explains this incident in one of his kitabs. And he says that while his father was still living in Durban. he had purchased a plot of land to build a home for the family. So they bought that land, but there wasn't funds available to build the home immediately. So it took some while, by the time he managed to put together sufficient funds to build that home. Now over time, the neighboring property, whoever was living there, they had dug out their drainage through this property which Mufti Shafi Saab had bought. So probably the slope of the land was coming down in this direction. So their open sewer etc., they led it out of this property. Now sometime later, some years might have passed in between, Mufti Shafi managed to put together some funds and now decided to build the house. So now when they came to build the house, now they already drew plans, etc. And now when they came to start digging up the foundations, the neighbours came and said, No, no, what are you up to? Said, what do you mean what you are up to? He says, "Look, this part of the land where this drainage is now running through it. This belongs to us. I said, How can it belong to you? There's the municipal title deeds, etc. This is the markings. But now this is it, وَإِذَا Some people, even in the day, when the sun is shining, but they will insist, now it's night. And they will want you to accept that it is night. Now, jahilun. Now when the jahil is going to talk, and insist in the middle of the day, that it is night, now how are you going to try to explain to him, that it is not night now, the sun is shining, open your eyes and look at it. But now the jahil is saying it's night, so now this person too, there's the records here, the title deeds are there, the whatever diagrams are required, and the markings are there. She says, no, no, this belongs to us. That jahilun. Wa izaa khatabahumul jahilun. Mufti rahmatullah after having done whatever was possible to explain to them that this is not your land, it's our land, we bought this, but they're not prepared to understand and accept, eventually he said, no, no, no problem, no problem. He went and had the plans redrawn, and cut down the size of that house that they were building. He had a bigish family, and he needed that space, but now these people, these people are obstinate. know, you're not going to do anything here. This drainage cannot be interfered with. He went and actually reduced the size of the house, and built it on that part of the land, which they were not disputing, and he built that house on that part of the land, and carried on with life. Some years passed in that manner. After some years had passed, some time later, this neighbor came along and he said that, uh, look, this piece of land, I am prepared to sell it. If you want to buy it, so now we are ready to sell. So he said, really? You are ready to sell? Okay, how much? And they named the price, whatever was negotiated, and he bought over that land. He bought over that part of the land, which was his land. But he would not want to. He did not want to get into any argument, any debate, any quarrel, any dispute. This was his manner. Hazrat Mufti taqisa Sayyid says that whenever he was sometimes told that look now there's no need to do this and just give this away and give that away because somebody has disputed it and now you can't just give everything away for nothing. He said, "Who said I'm giving it away for nothing? I'm not giving it away for nothing." I'm giving it away in lieu of something that you cannot imagine. In the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah sallallahu says that Allah Ta'ala says, Hadith Qudsi, or rather Rasulullah sallallahu says that I am the guarantee, I stand guarantee for that person, for a palace in the heart of Jannat, in the prime place of Jannat, for that person who gives up a dispute despite being right. It is his right. But he gives up the dispute. He not, he's not wanting to get into it. I will in return give him a palace. I will stand guarantee for him for that palace in the middle of jannat So now, I am not giving it away for nothing. I am giving it away in lieu of such a great benefit. So this was the manner in which he dealt with this kind of situation and he bypassed it. So when a person has this kind of Focus, then it becomes easy. That if I am going to withhold myself now, restrain my anger, restrain my anger, I'm not going to get into this arduous argument, then Allah will become pleased. That's the focus. Allah will become pleased with me. So then it becomes very easy. So now he's not itching to say something and he wants to have the last say and he wants to be the person who is the has the upper hand. Whether he wants to have it or she wants to have it, either way, not going to be an issue, because the tawazu is there, and when the tawazu is there, then to give up a dispute is very easy. And when the tawazu is there, then that image doesn't become a problem. But now this person insulted me, and this person said this to me, and this person said that to me, so that, yes, we are human, we feel something, Insan is insan. We'll feel something. There are those very great personalities who probably it doesn't have any impact on them. The rest of us are not of that caliber. We'll feel something. But if that focus is correct, if that focus is correct, then it will not become an issue that now this person now insulted me and I need to now get my image back in order. Because that image is no problem now. There's, there's no issue with the image because of the tawazu. So the Shah Ismail Shaheed Rahmatullah a very very great personality, very great alim, a person who was renowned, like how you get somebody international recognition, somebody the whole country knows him, country knows him, very highly placed person. And he's giving a talk in the Jami Masjid of Delhi, Jami Masjid of Delhi, Jami Masjid of Delhi, There's thousands of people who are present in the gathering and he's a person of this caliber, such a personality and now one person who was put up people had put him up he probably was paid to do this kind of thing and up to this day this kind of thing happened. people are paid to come, go and create some kind of problem one person comes in the midst of the gathering was my shaheed was a person who was very very uh, forceful in his rejection of bid'at and all these vices and sins that were committed in the communities. So many people were not happy about this because it was going against what they were up to and many people's so-called business was getting cut. So now they were trying their utmost in whichever way they could to try and uh, bring him down to bring, get him out of the system. So now they paid one person to come and do this in public right in the midst of this gathering the whole masjid is full, thousands of people are present, and he's giving this talk, and in the midst of this gathering, this person stands up, and he says to him, that we have heard that you are an illegitimate person. La hawla wa la illa billah. Can we imagine such an insult, in the midst of a gathering, and that too to an alim of that caliber, and right in the masjid, in the house of Allah Ta'ala, he, when he heard this, he turned to the person and without even the tone of his voice changing, like he was talking calmly, in the same calm manner he spoke to the person and he said to him, you are highly mistaken, you are totally mistaken, the witnesses to the nikah of my parents are still alive, in this place there's somebody, in that place there's somebody, you can go and investigate it for yourself. He said this much and he immediately continued with the talk that he was giving, he didn't pay any more attention to it. And he continued. It didn't bother him in the least that now this person made such a serious allegation or he, he, he blurted out such a uttered such a serious insult and this person needs to be sorted out here and now and whatever else. Who can react like this in that kind of situation? Only the person whose heart is filled with the tawazo. And if the tawazo is missing, and this is a very, very, very big thing. Just a small little negative comment will make us blow a lid. One small little negative comment will just capsize us. And we'll be gone on another note and Allah knows best what we want to do and what not we will say in that on that moment and everything that that person said will say ten times more, ten times more. So all this as a result of that Tawazu missing, and as a result of that Tawazu missing, then it's disputes and quarrels and arguments that's the order of the day. Then there cannot be a decent discussion with anybody. There cannot be a calm and composed manner of dealing with the problem. There will be a very very aggressive note all the time. And we will deal with everything everything with aggression. So this is the message that is being given to us here. That on the one side, Allah Ta'ala is mentioning about the ibadul Rahman that they are people of humility. <speaking in Hebrew> and then in the same ayat, in the very same ayat, <speaking in Hebrew> That they don't get involved in this ignorance. That this kind of disputes and quarrels and then engaging it. As mentioned earlier, from their side, they make sure they are above board. They don't do anything that is out of line. And being in they can slip up. Any one of us can slip up. All of us make mistakes. Then if there's humility, if that tawazu is present, then without any hesitation they will make amends. They won't try to cover up the wrong. They won't try to justify it in some way or the other. They won't try to now duck out of apologizing. If the humility is there, they will apologize. Yes, I made a mistake, ma'am. What has to be done to sort it out now? Let's sort it out. And it's it's obvious sometimes the damage is done, but they will not hesitate in acknowledging their mistake, and they will not hesitate in apologizing They will not hesitate in trying to make amends, in trying to rectify the wrong. So, as in some, they can make a mistake, but this will be the outcome of it. That they will not then hesitate to make amends. Hazrat Abu Zar Rifari radiallahu ta'ala on one occasion, one statement came out of his mouth. Now, the Sahaba went through a learning curve. They were people that came from jahiliyat and Allah Ta'ala blessed them with Iman and with the Sahabat and the company of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam they reached the highest level that nobody thereafter in the Ummad can come anywhere close to the level that the Sahaba Ikram reached after all the Amriya Alim then the next in rank are the Sahaba of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam so they have a very very high position but being In Saan, they also went through a learning curve. But that was the Kamal and the great achievement in the lives of the Sahaba Ikram. That they made a mistake once and they were taught the lesson and that was it. And the other part of it is that the Sahaba Ikram, Allah Ta'ala put them through these situations so that this will become a lesson for the Ummat. It was as if they presented themselves that we can be used in whichever way, even if it means that sometimes some kind of punishment has to be meted out to us, so that the ummah will learn how does this take place and what's to be done. If somebody does something like this, then what's, what's to be done and how it's to be uh, sorted out. So They had presented their lives. In so any case, these situations were made to happen so that we will take a lesson of how we should be dealing with them. Abu taala on one occasion, one statement came out of his mouth by mistake, he blurted something and he made a and he made a, a statement against something said in a negative manner, Oh you son of a black woman. Now when Rasulullah ﷺ heard about this, he became extremely upset and he said, In ruun fika jahiliyatun. That you are a person with still jahiliyat in you abu zabr dilam was very very grieved about this it was a mistake he made a mistake nabi sallallahu alaihi wa was very very hurt about this that how could this be said to somebody and in a in a kind of disparaging manner in any case this was then immediately addressed but then how did abu zabr how did he react to this i made a mistake i made a mistake what was his re- reaction? Did he start trying to make some excuse for it? He well, it's a fact. What I said is a fact. What's, is that not the reality? But what is a fact is one thing, and what was meant by what was said is a different thing. One is to say that you are the son of so-and-so, but when that itself was said in a way that was meant to run somebody down, then that's now just covering up to say that, well, it was a fact. So he didn't make any kind of excuses he did not try to cover up in any way he accepted that this was a mistake but then he goes to us at Bilal and he lays down on the floor and he says you place your foot on my head on my neck so Bilal refuses he says no you do this because I did something which was very wrong so now to make me realize and to learn this lesson for myself that I'm nobody I'm nothing and you are the one who has the greater level over me you do this but the beloved he too was a great person he accepted this apology because this was now a very humble way of apologizing he accepted this and he let it pass so the point is that Abu Zar Yalanho there was a mistake But because this tawazu was in him, so despite the tawazu, sometimes a mistake can happen, but because of the tawazu, the person very quickly will make amends, He will retract. It won't be a matter of trying to score points now. Let the other person now, the other party, they must retract, and they must retract, and they must retract, and they must apologize, and I will never do this. I will never ever say any word of apology that is only when there's no humility, no tawazu, then that will be the case. But the ibadul rahman, the Ibadur rahman are not of that nature. To start off with, wa ida akhatabahumul jahirun akadu salama. That they don't get involved in all these arguments and petty quarrels and disputes and just day to day things. They move on with life. And if something happens, they make a mistake, they will immediately retract it. They will apologize. They'll make amends. They will not get into that trying to cover it up and trying to score points and no no. And Tawazu has always won the day, the person who has truly humbled him who has truly humbled himself for Allah Ta'ala and he apologised, made amends, okay, what I said was wrong, I'm apologizing. That has never ever created a further problem for somebody. That has won the day. So this is the message, this is the lesson that has been given to us. That we have to humble ourselves, we have to become the humble servants of Allah Ta'ala and avoid these kind of disputes, quarrels, arguments. This was the way that the Sahaba taught us, and thereafter throughout the ages. And after all, this was the legacy that Rasulullah left behind. He was furthest away from quarrels and disputes which is mentioned in the Hadith of Shamail regarding Rasulullah. That Man taqama li nafsihi abada. He never ever took revenge for himself. Anybody did something personally to him they hurt him in some way they insulted him in some way never ever did Rasulullah ever take revenge for himself. This was the legacy that was passed on. And قَدْ تَرَكَ نَفْسَهُ مِنْ صَلَاةِ الْمِرَاءِ وَالْإِكْبَارِ وَمَا لَا Yaani mentioned in the Hadith Sharif about Rasulullah that he had left out three things quarrels and disputes, mirah, and pride, arrogance, wal-ikbar, and futility. Nabi was furthest away from these three things. So this was the legacy that was passed on to the Sahaba, radiallahu and thereafter to the pious predecessors and everybody in the Ummad who had some understanding of deen and reached some level, it was because they had these qualities in them as well. That they had this tawazu. And as a result, they they steered away from all these kind of things. Just two kind of things, just to finish off on one incident. Hazrat Mahdi rahmatullah he had gone to one village, and uh, people had invited him, so he went there to give to give a talk. So when he sat on the member on the member, now there were some people in that community who were very opposed to his coming there. They were on a different line. So they were very very opposed to his coming. So now in this community, there were some people of one uh, school of thought and some others have gone in another direction. So now those people were not happy about this at all. But probably they didn't have the authority. So in any case, when he came and he sat on the member to start the talk, so one little note was handed to him, like how it happens on the back of the gathering, somebody passes on, please send this forward. So people don't even know what's written in there. So that note reached him finally, just as he's about to start the talk. So when he opens that note, so in that note, he sees it's written there, number one, that the person is saying that na'udhu billah, you are a kafir, you are a disbeliever. And number two, tum jolahe ho. Now jolaha means a cotton weaver. In those days, this was a very, very menial job. People who were like, very low class kind of job. Like we just took the example of a street sweeper, so now he's saying tum jolay ho, even lesser than a sleeper kind of thing. And the third thing he wrote there was sambal karke borna, watch out what you speak. So when he saw this note, he opened it and read this, so he immediately addressed the gathering. He said, look, this note has come to me, number one, it stated here that tum, that you are a disbeliever. So I'm making all of you the witness that I'm reciting the shahadat. And he said, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ashhadu anna Muhammad, Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah, Ashhadu anna Muhammadan abduhu i I reciting the shahadat. So all of you are witnesses. Alhamdulillah, Allah has blessed me with iman. Now this was obviously somebody creating mischief, but this was his reaction to that. He didn't start raving and ranting at it. He said, Well, there's it now. I've cleared it. So nobody can have any doubt now because I recited the shahadat in front of you. So you are all witness to it. Alhamdulillah, Allah has blessed me with Iman. And number two, he says, In other words now he's saying you're a down and out person, you're nobody. So to that he responded and said that I didn't come here to this community with a proposal that I want to get married here to somebody. So now I'm going to be worried now that they're going to say this person is a Jolaha, he's like a street sweeper's son, so don't give him your daughter. I didn't come for any such purpose. So what does it matter if somebody calls me a Jolaha? Now, this was also just a way of dismissing it. That Now, I didn't come here for a proposal that I'm going to worry about this. That was just by the way, said by the way, I didn't come for a proposal. The reality was that he had no concern about what image will be created in the eyes of people. That image story wasn't there because of the reality of Tawazu being present. So he said that also and dismissed it, that I didn't come here for a proposal, that I'm going to worry about this now. Somebody was to call me Jola up to them. And the third thing he said, Sambal karke bolna. So he said, look, I was asked to come. I was invited. So I came. But if if it's that I should not be giving a talk here. So I haven't come here to give a talk on my own accord. I was called. If the people feel I shouldn't give a talk, leave it at that. I'll call it off. Finish. We're calling it off. So some others in the gathering quickly started saying, no others, please continue with it. It's just some mischief makers. Don't worry about him. So then he said, very well, if people feel that I should carry on and say something, I will say it. And he went on with the talk. Now this kind of reaction can only happen when the reality of tawazu is inside a person's heart. Then he can react in this manner. And if that reality of tawazu is not there, this dispute won't be a dispute, it will become war. It will become a war. And Allah knows best what not will happen. So this was the way in which these people lived their lives because of this reality of Tawazu. We are far away from that, but this is what we have to aim for. This is why we are discussing it. That we have a direction. And then we have to keep reflecting in this. As mentioned on the first day of this discussion of the Ibadur Rahman, this is a mirror. This is a mirror in which we must look at ourselves. That how do I fare? What is my situation? Am I also conducting myself in a similar way? No. So now I have to keep looking in the mirror. What, what improvement have I made? What improvement have I made? And today what I did and how I spoke and what were my reactions, how does that feature in this whole situation? What extent of tawadu do I have? And how much am I living this life of salama? How much of this is in my life? So these are the very fundamental qualities of the Ibadur Rahman. And now because they are people of this tawazu and humility, and they are steering clear of all these unnecessary disputes and small, small things and trivial matters, and they are not causing any problem either. So now their hearts are free for Allah Ta'ala. And their hearts can focus. In the Salah, their hearts can focus. In the Tilawat, their hearts can talk to Allah Ta'ala. Their hearts can be aspiring for Jannah. Their hearts can be engaged in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. And otherwise they are all the time in this turmoil. All the time in this turmoil now. How to sort this out and what to do there. And how to cover up this. And how to swing something there. And Allah forbid what not carries on. So this is that prescription that is being given. Ibadur Rahman. That the two servants of Allah Ta'ala. The slaves of Rahman this is their beautiful quality, that they have this humility in their lives, and they are also people who steer clear from all these disputes, they rather let some little material loss come, but not get caught up in all these unnecessary things, because they don't want to get their entire focus diverted, and their hearts and minds completely uh, disrupted, they want to be engaged in what the purpose of life is, yes, if something has to be dealt with, Something has to be addressed. They need to claim something that is being wrongfully taken from them. Then in a dignified manner, without crossing the line, they will do it. But they will not get into unnecessary arguments and disputes, etc. May Allah give us the true understanding, give us the reality of these sifat. These are words that we speak about, tawazu, and humility. And Allah Ta'ala bless us all with the reality of it. Allah Ta'ala give us the haqiqat One is the surat. The appearance of it; the other is hakikat. Allah Taala bless us with the hakikat of all these sifat and make us among the ibadul Rahman. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahirobbil alamin.
1: illa Allah. محمد الرسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى اله واصحابه واصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا
0: يا ربي صل وسلم دائما ابدا
1: على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم Jazallahu anna nabiyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima hua ahlu. La ilaha illallah, 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 Na ilaha <laughs> illallah Na illallah Na ilaha illallah Na illallah Na ilaha Na illallah Na ilaha illallah Na ilaha Na illallah Na illallah Na ilaha illallah Nine na in na 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 Nine, na na The na 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 In لا إله, لا, إله لا اله الا الله محمد رسول الله. صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم الله الله جل جلاله نواله الله 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 الله, الله الحمد لله ولك الشكر كله اللهم
0: لا نحصي ثناء عليك انت كما اثنيت على نفسك جز الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو اهله يا ربي صل وسلم دائما ابدا على حبيبك وخير الخلق كلهم ربنا اغفر لنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكن من الخاسرين لا اله الا الله الحليم الكريم سبحان الله رب العرش العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين نسألك موجبات رحمتك وعزائم مغفرتك والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل إثم اللهم لا تدع لنا ذمًا إلا غفرتها ولا همًا إلا فرجته ولا حاجة هي لك الناب إلا قضيتها ويسرتها ويسعتها يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين, يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم ألف بين قلوبنا اللهم ألف بين قلوبنا واصلح ذات بيننا واهدنا سبل السلام ونجنا من الظلمات الى النور وجنبنا الفواحش ما ظهر منها وما بطن فبارك لنا في اسماعنا وابصارنا وقلوبنا وازواجنا وذرياتنا وتب علينا انك انت التواب الرحيم وجعلنا شاكرين لنعمتك مسلمين بها قابليها واتمها علينا ربنا لا تزغ قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب ربنا إنك جامع الناس ليوم لا ريب فيه إن الله لا يخلف الميعاد اللهم اغفر لِأُمَّةِ سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم ارحم أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اهد امه سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم فرج الكرب عن امه سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اهدنا واهد بنا واجعلنا سببا لمن اهتدى اللهم الناس جميعا اللهم اهد الناس جميعا اللهم اهد الناس جميعا اللهم اجعلنا غير ضالين ولا مضلين Allahumma shfi maradana wa maradal muslimin Allahumma shfi maradana wa maradal muslimin Allahumma arhammautana ya rabbal alameen Ilahu alalameen ya Allah Ya Allah, you grant us every fair good ya Allah ya Allah, you forgive us ya Allah Make us your true and obedient servants ya Allah Grant us all that you are pleased with ya Allah Ilahu alalameen, enable us to forever remain Under the shade of your pleasure ya Allah ya Allah, remove all the vices and sins from our lives ya Allah Ya Allah, we're making sincere toba ya Allah Ya Allah, you accept our toba ya Allah Make us your twin obedient servants, Ya Allah. Make us your grateful servants, Ya Allah. You protect us, Ya Allah. You guide us, Ya Allah. We are very weak, Ya Allah. Don't put us through trials and tests, Ya Allah. Remove all the difficulties, Ya Allah. Remove the viruses from the ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove it from the whole of humanity, Ya Allah. Grant afiyat to one and all, Ya Allah. Grant afiyat to one and all, Ya Allah. Blow the winds of hidayat, Ya Allah. Blow the winds of hidayat, Ya Allah. Blow the winds of Hidayat, Ya Allah. Make us your true and obedient servant, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove all the difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, the month of Ramadan is at our doorstep, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, enable us to get into the Mubarak month of Ramadan in the manner that you are pleased with, Ya Allah. Enable us to use every moment in a way that you are pleased with, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, give us the Taufik of witnessing the Mubarak month entirely, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alaihi keep us with sihat and afiyat, Ya Allah, and give us the tawfiq of maximizing the amal, Ya Allah, of doing the best, Ya Allah. Allahu Alaihi bless us with the wealth of taqwa, Ya Allah. Bless us with the wealth of taqwa, Ya Allah. Bless us with the wealth of taqwa, Ya Allah. Allahu this is such a great guest that you are sending for us, Ya Allah. Allahu we are so indifferent, Ya Allah. Forgive this indifference of ours, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, enable us to realize the greatness of this guest we have, Ya Allah, sending to us, Ya Allah. Allahu alamin Ya Allah. Give us the tawfiq of embracing this guest with both arms, Ya Allah. Of really dedicating ourselves to this guest, Ya Allah. Allahu alamin of truly becoming the true servants that, Ya Allah, that you want us to become, Ya Allah. Allahu alamin all those who are sick, give them shifa tamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Will remove every trace of their ailments, Ya Allah. Those in any kind of difficulties and hardships, remove it with afiyah, Ya Allah. Those who are in debts, Ya Allah, make the easy payments of their debts possible, Ya Allah. Ya Allah 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 grant barakat in each one's risk, Allah, grant halal and tayyib risk, Allah, save us from every drop and grain of haram, ya Allah, Allah 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 Allah, all those who have passed away, make their complete makhfirat, Allah, fill their qabr with nur, Allah, Allah, at the time of our dead, take us with la ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah, Allah, take us with Eman-i-Kamil, indo- ya Allah, take us with Tawbat and Nusuh, Allah. Allah, take us at the time you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, ya Allah, make our qabr gardens of jannah for us, Allah, grant us the Shafat of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Allah give us Jannatul Firdos without any reckoning ya Allah all those who have raised their hands to this dua all those who ask us to make dua for them ya Allah you are the know of each one's needs ya Allah you know the cry of each one's heart ya Allah 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 fulfill each one's jails needs from the game ya Allah fulfill each one's pious aspirations ya Allah remove each one's difficulties and hardships ya Allah remove each one's sorrow anxiety grief ya Allah <coughs> In the house of 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 the house الله the you make us <laughs> house of Allah. <laughs> house of the house of the house of the house of the house of wa house of the house of the house of the house of muhammad sallallahu <laughs> <laughs> alayhi <laughs> wa sallam. <laughs> Antal musta'an wa of the ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه اجمعين الحمد لله رب العالمين